This team was just assembled, I believe, Sunday or Monday, and uh, we wanted to make a mark, we wanted to make an impact, and I think everybody knows we're a force to be reckoned with. Well, hello. Welcome to the latest episode of the Bunkered Podcast in association with Callaway Golf. How are you doing? Thank you for tuning in. Michael McEwen here in the host seat as... As is the case, 51 weeks out of the 52 in the year. And we all know the other week, so let's not go there. Anyway, look, tons, tons to discuss this week. Another mental week in the world of golf, and it is only the 6th of February. 2024 is going swimmingly so far. So, to discuss all of the latest goings on, please welcome to the floor, Bunkered Editor Bryce Ritchie. <laughs> How are you doing? Well, I'm fine. What a, what a welcome. Just thought I'd try something new just for yeah. a change. Let's not do it again. But it's fine. Listen, you try something different all you the will? time and it's, uh, it's worth doing. Uh, I'm fine. No, no, nothing to nothing to report, nothing happening in the, the Bryce world. No, I know what you're getting at, but um, no, there's not. It's, uh, are we too late? It's a Tuesday. Are we too late to talk about the weekend because my weekend was ruined? <laughs> by Alexandro Bernabe. I'm hoping that's the Celtic left back for those who just do not give a toss well, about Scottish football. <laughs> left back is a stretch, <laughs> playing it fast and uh, loose. But I am all gearing up for next week. The wife and child are going away for the week, Ooh, and I've nice. got the house to myself. It's going to be brilliant. Very good. They're away on Friday, so it's waste management open Friday night. Myself. You weren't tempted to to, to join them on on the holiday, no? No. No, I wasn't, to be quite honest. <laughs> Go away with the family, week at home by myself. Yeah. Yes. On balance, not a bad call. Yeah, it's pretty good. Excellent, excellent. And Bunkered Associate Editor Alex Perry is on the line coming to us live from sunny Yorkshire, rainy Yorkshire, snowy Yorkshire. How is it down there, Alex? It's all cloudy at the moment. That's my... That's my uh, why didn't I get an Oprah Winfrey entrance there? Why did Because it get didn't go that well. Honestly, I tried oh, something it? and it just it kind of backfired, to be honest. You did, but you did it. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get something. He's going to bring me, I'm going to get this, and then I'm going to be fired up for this podcast. And then I just got, oh, there's Alex uh, Perry from Georgia Alex. where it's probably raining. <laughs> no, I'm good. My uh, my weekend was also ruined by football. Um, oh. Don't want to talk about it. Talk United. Uh, I just, just fold the club. I'm so bored of it now. <laughs> so just sell the stadium. That's what I feel like. <laughs> Let me just go and follow Plymouth Argyle or someone who's successful in the area. I'm just bored of it now. Yeah. Oh dear. It's, it's Torquay United, isn't it? And you're in which league? The, com what, the, the, the conference the south, whatever one. it's called now. The National League South. So that was the, that's the south. old Vauxhall Conference, isn't it? No, Vauxhall Conference is the league above the league. You, you're below the Vauxhall yeah. Conference. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Do you, you get any the, lower? Do you get to play in the, the Johnston only, Paints Trophy? No, no, no. That's uh, that's, that's for league. Teams. That's EFL teams only. Ooh. I think we get in. We get in the FA bars. Is it? You're in the FA same league as Accrington Stanley. Who are they? They're in the. They're in the league. They're in the football league. Are they? Ah, I see. So do you get to play FA Cup? Yes, of course. But we just start in like the. <laughs> we just start in like June, basically. How far? How far is the furthest that Torquay have gone in the FA Cup? Oh, we've had a couple of third and fourth round runs back in the day. Back in when what we were day? a decent team, seventies. As recent as that, I know it sounds like I'm being facetious, but I'm genuinely quite surprised. We've definitely had some third round runs in my time following them. Um, when we were a league club and we only had to go through first, second, third round rather than or like there's like 
there's a like you should look up the qualifying format for the FA Cup. It's absolutely mental. The amount no, of honestly, preliminary. Yeah. We're not. I mean, we're not going to do it on a podcast. No, but go away it. and we're just if not you're a football nerd, we're even not going to go. Are we we're not going to do that. No, you're talking about Celtic left backs. You can absolutely piss off. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'd like them to do. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the portion of the show referred to in one of our reviews online as the girly chit chat at the start. Mm. Somebody wants us to stop doing this. Apparently, this Tough. though is, I think, the how would we describe it? The icebreaker where we sort of. You know, get used to the microphones Mea- again we after slowly, a week away. We slowly meander to the golf chat. But I did like this podcast. This podcast, this review from someone who likes the podcast. And I'm, I'm very grateful. Uh, Greg Anderson, who's a regular listener and contributes frequently on social media to our posts. He's the right kind of listener for me, Greg. Always a great listen from the guys at Bunkered Magazine. It's Bunkered. You know, we're more than a magazine, for goodness sake, Greg. That's one point gone straight away, but I appreciate it. Michael does a masterful job of holding it all together. Whilst Bryce and the more recent edition of Alex digress around golf-adjacent topics at will, such as Torquay's FA Cup runs. Warning, adults should take one weekly, includes bad backs, lawn maintenance, and consistent mentions of a certain host who's played at Augusta. Please consume responsibly. Five stars. Greg, I like you. That's why we like Greg. He's a good guy. Yes, yeah, good guy. good guy. So is that enough of the quote-unquote girly chit-chat? Yes. How is your back, Bryce? It's absolutely fine. How's your garden? Uh, I'm going to, I've said to the wife, I'm going to get stuck into that garden this year. I think I said that last week. But I am, I'm going to, I'm about my garden this year. Good to know. So- <laughs> <laughs> you did ask. Right, let's start talking about golf because we're six minutes in and I, I sense, I sense that, that reviewer twitching. So, Liv, let's start there. That's, that's one way to stop people twitching is to talk about the most controversial thing in golf. Liv opened its season with the event at Mayakoba in Mexico last week. It's staging its second event this week in Vegas, adjacent to the Super Bowl, which is also in Vegas, and adjacent to the Waste Management Phoenix Open, which we'll be talking about in part two. We're, we're balanced. We'll talk about Liv in part one. We'll talk about PGA Tour in part two. We are nothing if not fair. So, on that point, Bryce, live Mexico. Thoughts? <laughs> why are you coming to me first? Why not? You're the first person I saw. Why don't you get a Why don't you? <laughs> what about your opinion? Mm. You know, you're always asking us, what do you think? That's what the host does. I know, but I feel as though you're losing out. <laughs> I feel as though you're losing out. Okay, that's fine. I can just imagine you getting called up by Radio 5 Live, Tony Livesey and Drive Times. Like, so, Bryce, tell us all about the, the latest and live. What, what's, what's the big story? That's just because now? Tony has no, Tony, no you idea. Tell me. <laughs> you tell me. What did you, I want, I'm interested, what do you think? Because we had a bit of a disagreement in the office yesterday and you get quite tetchy about it. So I, want to hear I got you are. tetchy? Yeah, you you went in a massive huff and didn't speak to us. Listen to him getting tetchy already. Look at the voice, oh, the tone God. of voice. This is, this is classic, classic gaslighting. I didn't no, get tetchy. I've got opinions and you took the huff. Look how tetchy's getting. Right, what did I think of Liv Mayakoba? It was, it was a golf tournament. Once the golf started, after it had been underway for about an hour or so, and the novelty of the new, you know, pre-game show, as they call it, and seeing John Ram playing competitive shots in shorts for something called Legion 13, after all that had gone, I must admit, it was just like any other golf tournament for me, really. I know there's the team element, but I was paying so little attention to that. I only found out on Sunday night 
or rather Monday morning, which team had won. But I knew all about who won the individual events. So I'm mm-hmm. still finding it hard to buy into the team stuff. But I, I know people won't like this. I really enjoyed the broadcast. I mean, that I thought was really cool. It had a different energy about it. Yeah, there's still things about it that aren't great, but I like an awful lot of the live broadcast. It's fast-paced, it's dynamic. You see a hell of a lot more shots. Granted, I was watching on YouTube. I don't know what it's like on the app. If there's adverts that appear there, I presume there are adverts that appear on the broadcast in countries where they do have a TV deal, likes of Spain and so on. But when there's no adverts and all you're seeing is shot, 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 I quite liked it. But I do agree with the point you made yesterday, just one of them, which was, it might be a little bit too fast. Just yeah. a few too many shots. Yeah. But yeah, on, on the whole, we'll get into the nitty gritty shortly. I quite enjoyed it. I yeah. can't pretend otherwise. I, I think, um, I don't really disagree with that. I, I thought it was all right. Some of it was good. There's there are a few a few things. I agree with you. I think the team element seems incredibly forced. You know, you've got Ram celebrating with the champagne, literally jumping up and down. He was actually jumping up and down, celebrating, spraying the champagne, spraying it over his teammates and drinking it. And he I'm won sorry, the Masters eight months ago. Yeah, he, he he didn't win anything. He didn't win that. You know, obviously the team element is a big deal for them, but I am not buying that. I just think that is incredibly forced and I wish they wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. The one thing you get from it, and... This happens towards the end of it and in the reporting of it. It's like, what? what's it for? What have they won? Because one... Plus live, the context. Yeah, one live event just runs into the next. Like, the, all the yeah. events look the same. The branding looks the same. The concept of, like, party holes looks the same. The previews will atten- essentially look the same. Mm-hmm. Every post-event looks the same because they use the same stage with the same lighting same concept of the team celebrating it just kind of all morphs into one event as the next event it doesn't mm-hmm. and you think what's this for you know mm-hmm. there's no and i think that's what the pg tours got over them big style they've got like historic relevance every event has its own space and they Live. don't pretend that every event's the same yeah i mean the farmer's insurance is put on a higher pedestal it's not like the john deere classic exactly. before the yeah. open it's not like that it's not like the houston yeah. with the flags at the houston that were before the masters and all that stuff and the, there's all little bits bay hill has all got the mm-hmm. little bits and, and some of the courses at harbour and never, there's just loads of stuff at the pg tour that you know links to some part of the country or historic relevance, whether it's Ben Hogan or whatever, Arnold Palmer. There's nothing of that I live. Bryce, can I just jump in? Go for and it. I think I, and I think I speak on behalf of everyone listening, but Michael mentioned it there at the top of that bit. You're probably the only person on the planet, I, I don't want to say complaining, that doesn't feel like the right word, but you're saying there's they're showing too much golf. Explain that. I didn't. So, I didn't really. Uh, this is I, I, it's, as it's, someone who's not in the office. If you watch it, <laughs> if you listen, if you were in the office, I'd moan at you as well. So I'm passionate <laughs> about it. But if you watch a live broad, now this is the thing. I can't work out whether I really hate it or I'm just not used to it or whatever. But it's very, very quick. Mm-hmm. The broadcast is very quick. It's like, shot, shot, oh my God, 14, shot. It's like, Mm. let's cut to two, shot. It's like another ball flies into the green. It's like, 
Oh, it's like MotoGP. There's <laughs> something all the time happens. Let's get to the 14th. It's like, there's so no... What I like is, like, you can see it's Sunday on the 16th or 17th at Bay Hill and there's down the stretch mm. and there's a bit of tension on the team. Somebody's got their club and yep. they're like debating mm. with the caddy and there's a bit of, like, somebody might have finished on 18, but it doesn't matter because they're four shots back. All the, all the pressure's now on the last group. And there's just something building. Yeah, that doesn't yeah. really happen at Live because the, the only all way I can happening. explain it is that it's like Liv has taken a, a view of the PGA Tour and every other major tour and gone. Well, if that's the marathon way to broadcast, why don't we do a hundred meters version of it? But you've skipped the four hundred and eight hundred, which are quite so fast too. I've got a, it's a good point, and I've got a theory on this. And I, I am not. We've always taken shit from people that you know we don't like Live and we're against. We're not. We, we're just commentating on it. Uh, you know, there's weird... I've seen things, people saying, you know, I hate lives. Like, golf journalists saying, I'm not, I don't like lives and I'm not watching it. I well, refuse to watch this. I but here's another story this. about it. Yeah, but here's me criticising it. Yeah. You can't criticise something you don't watch. <laughs> so there are elements of live that is quite good. And I like the fact that it is completely different to mm. what is out there normally. There's just elements of it that I can't hang with. However, if they got some sort of live concept and dropped it into the PGA Tour and did actually have the best players in the world playing. Because you can't say they've got the best players in the world playing. They have when some. They have some of the best players in the world. But if they did have, if the like, rank and file of the top 50 or top 30 of the PGA Tour against Liv's top players, and there was some sort of Liv type event, and it was quick, and it was like that. And it's plugged in properly. And it's plugged in properly. I think that would be quite good. Like I think genuinely. that's what they wanted at the outset, yeah. though. <laughs> I think that's also where we're going to end up, because, well... Well, maybe. well... Like, yeah. that's where it looked a couple of months ago, like, we're going to end up. There's maybe just, not so much the, the, now. The but. fact is, that it's just, there's no new storylines. John Ram being involved was great, but that storyline is now done. Well, it's not a story for Vegas now, is no. it? No. So, that, there's no... It's the same players every week. Okay. And it, you can't... There's a few things we'll come on to later, but... I know you're going to ask me about Ram. Well, I'll tell you so what, go. Was about you draw breath, Alex. I'll have what? a drink. <laughs> <laughs> you did say you were passionate. I love it. Jesus. <laughs> now go and lie down now. You're right. <laughs> I can turn off the lights in Mom. this room and make it all dark. <laughs> that would be creepy. Alex, your thoughts on what you saw on Live over the weekend. Did, how much did you watch for a start? I did tune in a, a little bit more than I normally would. I think out of sheer curiosity more than anything. But you can't, you can't ignore the fact that it's it's a it's a group of incredibly talented golfers playing golf, mm -hmm. and that's why we and that's why we watch it. I mean, and then add to that the fact that it, it really couldn't have gone any better for them. I, I'd be really interested to see the numbers. I, they don't really release them, do they? I don't know. Well, they have pledged to release them as and the... when they think it's advantageous. Yeah, I don't <laughs> Which I thought I was a really weird thing to believe a word they say, but yeah. TV numbers. Yeah. They're like, well, I mean, they're going to be, it's very boring, but the long and short of it is that they'll be rated better, or rather the CW network that broadcasts it in America, which let's face it, is the biggest market, is going to be better rated this year by various ratings like Nielsen, for example, you'll hear people say the Nielsen rating is such. CW Network will be getting more of that this year than it got last year. So the numbers for people watching live broadcasts will be A, more accurate and B, more readily available. 
but they'll be readily available to live. And it's up to them if they want to share those numbers, which I presume will then be combined with other markets, well, app and YouTube. They said last week, one of their officials said, yeah, I mean, you know, if, if the numbers are good, um, I don't see why we won't share them, but we'll make that decision week to week, which basically is a bit of a blunder because that means that if they're not releasing the numbers, it's because they're shit. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So they've kind of created a rod for their own back with that one. I mean, there was there was 6,500 people on. Was it at the start of the broadcast or was it when Ram teed off? Which when is Ram exactly, teed off, 6,500, yeah. yeah. And that's exactly on the YouTube, capacity of... Fair. Exactly, but that's, that's the exact capacity of Torquay United Stadium, which... They they would want more than that, sure. Like six thousand five hundred is not a lot, but yeah, in the world, yeah. over ten thousand people have watched the stream of the final round in the last twenty four hours on right. YouTube. Okay. They have released twenty eight videos. They've uploaded twenty eight videos from that event in the last six days. Yep. Now there was a that's big, pretty good. By that the is way. pretty good. Mm -hmm. And tell you yep. what, the that's a. I mean, I know we're talking about investment, but that's a full on. Mm -hmm massive production to get that amount of content out in six days is mind-blowing um because it's it's good content well edited it just looks absolutely top class yeah and they're going for the you they are clearly trying to go for that youtube market and it's interesting a lot of the players are now doing that you know yeah. bryson's talked about he wants to become a youtube guy basically there was a big discussion a few days ago about people saying that YouTube golf was, you know, this huge force. And so mm -hmm. and I, and I probably buy into that as well. Yeah. But they're going down that road as well. And I think that's clever. So part of me thinks, like, are they really going to be that bothered about TV at the moment? Not Another really. Thing that I saw but over a sponsor the weekend, will be. Correct. Another thing I saw over the weekend was that, and I don't know if this is true or not, but seemingly you can't watch the live broadcast on YouTube in countries where there is a broadcast deal. It's a, I guess it's a bit like Sky over here. We can't watch the PGA Tour on YouTube mm -hmm. because Sky are the, the rights holder for live broadcasting in the UK, not YouTube. So if that's the case, then they're losing. Because let's not forget, Live has TV deals in place in an awful lot of countries. Then I know we're saying YouTube is the whole world, but actually it's not. You know, if you can't, for example, watch it on YouTube in the US because it's on CW Network, that's you wiping out all of America. So I'd, I'd like to see an aggregated number and I'd like to see Liv have the confidence to share an aggregated number of their total global audience. I get it's pretty difficult probably to calculate because people will tune into broadcasts at different points. They might stay for a minute or two, but there has to be a way of getting us that number. Is the CW a, a subscriber channel or is it public cable channel? Or I think it depends on the state you're in, which is where it gets even grainier because different states have different <laughs> broadcast things. So I think I'm right in saying that in Chicago, for example, Illinois, the CW network is broadcast by an affiliate or something like that. It's just, it, it's TV in America is so, that so shit. complicated. Yeah. But well, I'm just wondering if people are, if people are going, right, Pebble isn't happening because it's washed out, literally. Mm. So I'm going to go and watch Live Golf because I just, I know, want to watch some golf. There was nothing else going on this weekend on a sporting occasion, mm -hmm. really. We were NFL season is finished well, apart well, from the, the Super Bowl, which the Super Bowl, is so, yeah. yeah, exactly. So there wasn't really anything else going on. So what were the what were the fans watching? And I, I'm just wondering if in America, if they were able to find live golf that easily. I mean, we we make a joke about it, don't we? That golf fans for some reason can't seem to work out how to use YouTube to watch this stuff. But that's a, I that, mean, that's a discussion for sport because like the whole the, the whole sporting 
broadcast world is so fragmented now mm-hmm. and it's on everything. I mean, to watch football in Britain, you have to have, basically, if you want to watch your team if they're at the top, you need to have like four different yeah. accounts for stuff. And it's like 1,300 quid a, a year to watch all the Premier yeah. League live matches. Yeah, yeah. So it's not a season ticket. Yeah. Well, not for United. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you throw in if you throw in the fuel money sure but live live golf was away from the tv deal live golf was also massively helped by the fact that we had this ludicrous scenario on sunday night where their big money transfer window signing is hunting down his childhood hero like it was a good story and then eventually the guy who shot 59 in the first round which nobody knew about until the next day uh he clung on for victory and it was all played out in total darkness as well like it was that like, was um, cool I enjoyed what was that the film part of uh, Legend of Bag of Vance, wasn't it? Where uh-huh. they all had yeah. the, the headlights and it was a bit like that at the end. That was really cool. That absolutely marvellous. I really enjoyed that. But I wonder if people are actually coming around to the idea of of live in that sense. Because I know I certainly am. It's sort of one of the worst kept secrets in golf, isn't it? That John Rahm sort of went, all right, well, if the PGA Tour are doing deals with Piff, then who am I to... Yeah, why, 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 I, would I, why would I not yeah. go and take that money? So I wonder if that's sort of at a, a certain level of fandom where we're going, well, do you know what? The PGA Tour are getting into bed with them. So I'll go and watch it. I just want to get my golf fix at the end of the day. I took some notes on, again, I'm talking mainly about the broadcast here, I guess, but things that I liked. I did like the production values, although granted I took these notes, I think within about an hour. So, <laughs> so I just imagine you like partridge lying in your bed. Thoughts on Live <laughs> Golf <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> Monkey <Shut> tennis. In. <laughs> no, I, I, I like commentary. The, I like the, I like the pace of the production, but as the weekend wore on, it did get a little bit a little bit overwhelming. But I could get used to it. I'm quite sure. It's too quick. Yeah. So lots of shots, variety of players. <laughs> you know, the whole thing about featured groups in the PGA Tour. You do tend to see only a handful of players, at least with Live. Well, there's fewer players, but you see a lot more of them, it feels like. I like that there's a lot more stats on display this year. Get a bit more context into what their shot means. But again, it's gone very quick, so on to the next shot. The F1 leaderboard thing, it's still, I think that's still really, really cool. Yeah, I love really that. Cool. Very modern looking. The live line over putts, I thought was quite a nice addition. Hate it. I just want you to see like the it? green. No, I don't need to see that. I didn't mind it. Again, it gives context to the sort of shot that they're hitting. I thought you saw some guys who were perfectly online, some guys who were horrifically off. <laughs> Imagine you on that. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Why are you putting off the green? Oh, sorry. <laughs> and this one breaks from right to left, as you can see from the live line. Oh, and McEwen has putted it left to right. Interesting. Things I didn't like. Um, I did not like the commentary. I, I thought it was so pedestrian. And for me, it's the weak link. You have this dynamic broadcast fast loads of stuff going on and then you have absolute no disrespect to any of them they're very very good at what they do but you have arlo white you have david fairy for whom every single thing is just a joke and every link is an opportunity to try and be funny and it's just i'm bored of that shtick now to be honest jarring isn't it yeah, yeah. and then you've if- got dom boulet and also uh, dom's an exceptional commentator he's come from the asian tour the three of them are all very good in their own way, but I don't think they blend together very well. And no, when you've got this forced, yeah, it's it's that, but it's also slow. So mm-hmm. when the commentary's slow, and the broadcast is fast, you're, I just feel it's all a bit disjointed. It, I'm sorry, the commentary just doesn't work for me. No, it's because of the pace of they want to show it. So I also think it's too it's too positive. Everything is amazing. <laughs> Everything is amazing. You hit the heart of the green. 
but the pins tucked back what, left. Like, oh my god! It's one of the greatest shots. <laughs> it's one of the greatest rounds in the history of golf we've ever seen. But, like, let's but, just but chill out. Will, I think will still always be ten minutes into the first event at Centurion. That's right. It's the first birdie in live golf history. I know. I know. That's the first birdie part <laughs> of live golf history. <laughs> still, nobody can remember who it was, so it doesn't really matter. Good point. So I also don't like yeah. the background music. I just find it distracting. Oh, it's, it's 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 like when you walk past a bar and all you can hear is the noise coming from inside. You wouldn't choose to stand there all night, would you? You'd either go no. in or you'd walk past. No. And you I can do without the cup mic as well, which sounds like it's been taken from PGA Tour three on the Sega Mega Drive. Again, <laughs> not for me. Just to jump on your point about the music, there. You've been to a live golf event, mm-hmm. and I've been to a live golf event, and I I feel like when I was on the ground, I didn't find it quite as distracting or as irritating or as obnoxious yeah but on tv it's just utterly jarring i really it's seems to find a way to get rid of that yeah seems as a home cut remember this they did it it at glen eagles but they also had it at the recent one in finca when they're teeing off in the first tee and they get down to the green and you can hear you know (laughs) young people music we're cool just turn that off just you don't need to do that. So lots of like cool people in the tee all jiving to the cool beats. Just turn you, it off. You had players on the first tee with like a slippery downhill four footer, and you've got <laughs> Di Doherty in the background singing YMCA. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I just, oh, I just God. don't like that. Just, oh, sorry, old man boomer syndrome. But just turn that off, or play something better. No, don't. Yeah. Just don't play. <laughs> I've gone. Bryce, John Ram, some thoughts. Did it make any difference? Of course it did, because we're all talking about it. It was a big deal. It was literally all over social media. And they have upped their game in the promo stakes. Look what they've started doing in YouTube. Mm -hmm. They clearly realise they have got the guy they wanted and they're going to go all out. I still have no idea where we're going to be in five years. (laughs) <laughs> no idea. Abs and a, no, and no one has a clue. No. And any player that says oh, we'll be here in twenty years, they're talking garbage. Nonsense. Because yeah. they don't. Is, before anyone says it, it is not an endless pit of cash. It's not. But you can't deny that Ram has made a big difference. And the tone. And what I found interesting, and I don't know whether this is because some of them have an insight into what might be coming, but. There's quite a few well-known US golf writers that changed their tune at the weekend and they were obliterating Liv last year. Obliterating Phil Mickelson. Tearing it to bits. They're not now. I even saw quite a few, I think Phil was right all along, tweets over the weekend. And a few guys who have Uh, torn it to shreds say, actually, this is actually quite good. And you're like, wait a minute, where were you Mm -hmm. 10 months ago? Because... It was okay to say if you liked it or didn't like it, but yeah. obviously maybe bosses have said, by the way, something may be coming yeah. in the next five months, so any chance you could not tear it to bits. I think it's also a little bit snobbery as well. It's easy to bash something when, with utter respect, it's Brandon Grace playing on it, or it's somebody who's a polarising figure for a US market like Ian Poulter playing on it. But suddenly when it's a popular, relevant, current major champion who's also the world number three, it's like, Yes, we probably take this a bit more seriously than yeah. I'm taking it. And that, that's the RAM effect. And that's what happens when you get the player that you want, you know? We were talking about the TV figures. And I think 
Liv, Liv made a big song and dance, didn't they, about getting that deal in Spain with Movie Star? So, I mean, those mm-hmm. are the numbers I'm interested about. Yeah. I mean, how big of a deal in, in Spain is John Rahm? I don't really know, if I'm honest with you. I've never really thought about it before. I've always sort of thought about him as an American, which is really strange. Well, the only thing that I think they got wrong around the TV stuff, apart from the broadcast itself, elements of that, I, I, I don't think they made enough noise about this is John Rahm's debut on Liv and yeah. here is where to watch it. Absolutely. It should have been absolutely in people's faces. It should have been everywhere you looked. Whatever there was a live post, it should have said John Ram's debut, 6pm Eastern or whatever it was. So I think they maybe missed a little bit of a trick there. I think I said to you last week, I was like, is that this week? Like, yeah. I, just, I just didn't know about it. Like, you're absolutely right. They, 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 they've missed a massive trick here. Get it in our faces. John Ram is what the, well, if not the biggest name in golf at the moment. Just fucking tell us about it. Yeah. No, I agree. They obviously, as you said, Alex, benefited from, or presumably benefited from Pebble Beach being washed out. A bit of a shame, that really. I mean, I suppose we've got, we'll get to our views on that pro-am concept in a second, but an amazing field assembled at Pebble Beach last week, the best they've ever had in their history. There was no Bill Murray, I think I'm right in saying, which, as a Ghostbusters fan, I should be disappointed by that, but... There was too much previously for my liking made of the the AMs that were playing, not enough about the field. This year was all about the field, presumably because they were going up against Liv and they wanted to make a big noise about, well, we've got all of these players. And then Mother Nature decided not to play ball. A, a shame, Bryce, that we didn't get the ending that we wanted. A shame, a complete disaster. Let's be honest, an absolute disaster for PGA Tour. Everything, um, you know, historic iconic golf course great field amazing location the absolute mutts nuts when it comes to tv <laughs> viewability it's just beautiful all the shots are incredible mind-blowing and it was just a complete disaster on the wrong week it could not have happened at a worse time yeah terrible this, this is the tournament they've been pushing isn't it this is mm-hmm. the one where they've been going we want our best players back playing at pebble beach we had a few years didn't we where the djs and the Kepkas of the world couldn't be bothered to show up because they didn't yep. enjoy the format or whatever reason. And there was all these talks. Uh, there was a lot of deals, wasn't it? When the when the live stuff started happening, the PGA Tour started saying, right, look, we need you to come and play. Play at Pebble. It, Bryce is right. Absolute disaster. I'm genuinely gutted as well as a fan because I do enjoy watching it. You know, yeah. like you say, it's okay, it's it's an overrated golf course, which we'll come to later, I'm sure. But it's it's still a tournament that people enjoy watching. And mm. I think you mentioned the, the celebrity stuff there. I think we get a little bit grumpy old men about this. I don't really have an issue with it. I think it's in the golf industry. I keep saying this. We're sort of in this little echo chamber, aren't we? And, and, and the three of us have got, what, more than half a century combined and we're in the golf industry. And we're sort of stuck in this little bubble. But I think for the general Did public, you just call me old? No, I well, yeah, you are. You're 40 now. No, no I'm not. When, when is it no. next week? Next week, week after? I'll tell you when that's, it's been. That's old, mate. A couple that's of middle weeks. aged. A fish, middle aged. But uh, I, I think I think we take, because we sort of go, oh, these celebrities coming into our game and just joking around and laughing. But we, we forget that the general public absolutely yeah, love that. You, you, get, you go to Wentworth on the Wednesday when they do the pro-am and, you know, Dan Walker and Ian Wright and Anton de Beck are all making idiots of themselves and joking around. And they love that because they can get up close and personal with these people that they watch on TV day in, day out. And I think it caters to quite a 
quite a non-golf audience and the exactly. Dunhill's the same a lot of people who go to the Dunhill are not actually there to watch mm. you know tour what players. ends up spoiling it is of course you've got half a field of of arms who nobody's ever heard of because they are just mega rich people who can buy yeah. their way into these tournaments that and that great, for me is a massive it? shame wouldn't, wouldn't that be just fantastic would you, you do were, that if you were minted and you get to go and play Pebble Beach with Wyndham Clark or something. You're, you're in Absolutely. Tony Finau's group tomorrow. Why? Because you've got four billion in the bank. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Bye, of dear. You would. I'm off we to Carmel would. for the week. Enjoy your skiing holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great time. Just yeah, magic. I think the difference for me with the, the PGA at Wentworth, obviously that's just on the Wednesday. Then the tournament gets underway and it's proper golf. I, 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 I do struggle with Pebble Beach and to an extent, Dunhill links as well, just because it's slow. And I think the, the TV execs is certainly with Pebble Beach have made too big of a deal of the of the celebrities that are playing. Remember the year that Bill Murray was playing with DA Points and DA Points won the tournament, but the following year all of the advertising was for Bill Murray because mm-hmm. they'd won the team event as well. Bill Murray back to defend his titles. Like DA Points reportedly was pretty miffed going, hey, I, I won the thing. So I, I think people sometimes just get a little bit too carried away. It's nice to see Tom Brady topping the ball and, you know, one of us, all that sort of stuff. But <laughs> it, it gets it gets tiresome after a while. I, I'd like them to play the first two days and then just clear yeah. off and leave the weekend. It's exactly what I was about yeah. Wyndham Clark obviously ended up winning it because the, the final round was washed out. He was the 54-hole leader. And predictably, he was asked a question about live golf afterwards. Wyndham Clark, for those who've missed it, was rumoured to be joining John Ram's team when Ram moved to live. He was the, the big marquee signing that they wanted next. It seemed that they got fairly close to a deal and then Clark backed out. And so he was asked about that after his win. And he said, yes, there's definitely some truth. I definitely met with Liv and went through those discussions. I wanted to see what they could bring to the table. I ultimately declined because I felt like I still have a lot of things left in the tank on the PGA Tour and I wanted to chase records. I wanted to chase world ranking. He added, my dream is to try to be one of the top players in the world, if not the top player. I just grew up always imagining winning PGA Tour events, so I ultimately chose my legacy over live. That's what it came down to, Bryce. There you go, the L word, legacy. I know you love that one. Legacy. You can't beat a legacy. A legacy. <laughs> What's your legacy going to be? Uh, my son. Yes, that's, that is the right answer. That is literally my legacy. He's the only Richie. He's taking on the bloodline. He's taking the bloodline forward. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. So what do you make of Wyndham Clark's comments? One, are you buying them? Uh, it's hard to really trust what Wyndham Clark's saying because he, he was the one that made those comments that the that he was a better player than Rory McIlroy. Right That's Cup, right. Wasn't he? That's a pretty <laughs> stupid comments. But <laughs> forgot uh, all about that. Yeah, so I'll take it with a pinch of salt. Like, you don't know. who Who's to say whether he's right or wrong? We'll never know. Most people will tend not to believe him. But he seems... One thing about Wyndham Clark, he seems quite cocksure of himself, mm-hmm. which I like. Because yeah, like you want to be a top player, you have to be like that. So I don't, I, I'm, I'm not saying he needs to be anything else. I'm just not necessarily sure I believe him. Okay, Alex, what are your thoughts on that? Well, he had talks with Liv. And I think for me, as soon as you have talks with them, you're thinking about going there. Of course yeah. you are. So they didn't meet his number. He obviously thought, do you know what? I can probably just make as much as they're offering me by staying on the PJ Tour. I can make it all about legacy. Maybe 
I don't necessarily not believe him about the legacy stuff. I think that is just what swayed him when he was weighing up the fact that actually he'd probably just make the same amount of money on both tours. I just don't think they came anywhere near his number. So which if is had, the rumor, he'd have gone and screw legacy. I think if that, yeah, I think if they'd gone right 150 million and he's thinking, oh God, well, I'm never going to make that on the PGA Tour. He bloody then, will. That's a, he'll make that well, in the next will, five well, he years. He will now, yeah. He will now. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. I think for me, what's different about Wyndham Clark is he has just won the US Open. So with Ram, the logic was he can afford to go because he's in all four majors for at least the next five years. So who knows what, as you said, no one knows what the world's going to look like five years from now. Yeah, Five years ago was just before Port Rush. You had Open. hair. I, I had hair, yeah. You had hair. I was handsome. I was young. You still are, Michael. Ah, oh, thanks, baby. Never lose a look. But <laughs> the point being, if you think back to five years ago, we hadn't had the Port Rush Open yet, and all of this, had you said, everything that's going to happen in the next five years, if you were to spell it out. You would, I mean, it's... You would have laughed It's absolute face. madness. Of you, course You would is. never, ever have thought this could happen. So, by extension of that logic, and I'm probably giving Wyndham Clark too much credit here, because as you say, you think he's capable of beating Rory McIlroy and is a better player than him. But if he was to lay that out, it's like, well, five years from now, by the time the first of those exemptions is running out, what's it going to look like? Sod it, I'll just take the money right now, go and cash in, and who knows, in a year's time, I might be back playing on the PGA Tour the way things are going. May as well bank some coin and see what the future holds, because I think it'll be fine. But he's gone, actually, nah. So is that because he's not as much of a risk taker as John Ram? Is he maybe more cautious? Is that a window into psyche? We can read any number of things into it and get add two and two together and get four. I could add two and two together and get a hundred million and love me, I got their man. But yeah, it's it's interesting people's motivations, isn't it? And I actually I do quite I know I'm poking about fun at him, but I do quite admire Wyndham Clark for saying actually I want to be the best player in the world on the, the official world rankings. I Absolutely. want that against my name. Absolutely. So if he wants to chase legacy, who are we to to deny him or to doubt him? As we hinted at there in terms of the money, so obviously the PGA Tour is now $3 billion richer, $1.5 billion up front, I think it is, with this new deal that it struck with the Strategic Sports Group, which, correct me if I'm wrong, Alex, but this is a consortium of sports franchise owners in the States, so people who've got a stake in NFL teams, NBA teams, MLB teams, they've cobbled their money together and said, there you go, PGA Tour, have a bit of that. But it's certainly interesting that these people are willing to invest in our sport. So that has to be a positive. I just think, I think I'm just really bored of it all now. No, I don't think I'm really bored of it. I am really bored of it. The The, the tedious power struggle at the top end of professional golf, it, it's, it's a number of entities just going, how can we make these exceedingly rich people even richer? There is there is absolutely zero consideration for the fans, whether diehard or casual or on-site or armchair. It's the the cliche goes that without the fans, there's no sport, and that's that that is the case for the PGA Tour. It would just be, I I could say it would just be live, but I won't. I'm not that childish. But without, like, there would be a PGA Tour without fans. It would just be, you know, people throwing money up at these people playing golf and going, oh, isn't this nice? People are playing golf. But that's not how it is for me. Like, it's, I don't know. I'm just, I'm so drained of everything that's gone on in the last couple of years. I just want to get to the point where on a Sunday night, I'm actually getting to the point where I'm thinking, 
can't really be bothered to turn it on because it's all they talk about. It's and that it's taking fatigue, a, and it? it's taking yeah, it's taking away from my enjoyment of watching the sport. I don't think if I wasn't working in this industry, I don't think I would bother tuning in anywhere near as much as I do. I just like you say, it is just fatigue. I just want to get back to watching the best players in the world competing against each other for tournaments that actually mean something. And but yeah, like I said, there is a positive. There are incredibly rich people willing to invest in golf. And what that looks like in one year, two year, five years, we don't know yet. But is it exciting? I don't know. I mean, we turn on the golf on a Sunday night and we're just bombarded with adverts mm. all the time. So how how is that enjoyable for us? I yeah. mean, if they want to make this work, they need to come up with some sort of plan for a subscription model. I say this for football as well. Every foot, I know this isn't really how it works because obviously smaller football clubs would die away, but the PJ tour could absolutely do it where they just had a subscription plan and they went, right, 20 quid a month or whatever. And you can just watch all the PJ tour action you want. I think, yeah, I think and maybe you can have an option to slow down the pace. Yeah, for there's people a model. like Bryce who can't keep up, but <laughs> a moron mode. <laughs> One and a half times pace. <laughs> Welcome to the first round of the Phoenix Open. Um, yeah, I think MotoGP do that. They have some sort of uh, subscription-based thing on their website where you get access to video that you don't get anywhere else. Listen, there's a lot of money being invested. I, I think that's a good thing. I do agree on, on the financial fatigue. I think we're all getting a bit, oh, can we just get this going? The only thing about private equity is it's a little bit risky. The people investing are not investing out the kindness of the heart or to make anything better for it's spectators. Not a donation. It's not a donation. This says they're there to make money. Mm-hmm. I do believe that the... The deal that they're having is more of a long-term return. It's like a multi-decade agreement. They're not looking to get a, a return in five years. Which is very unlike most investors. Most, it's quite unlike. And it's very most. like PIF. Yes, uh, basically. So, But private equity is quite a dangerous thing to get involved in sometimes. But the returns are pretty good for all parties if it works. The PG Tour are a reasonably well-run uh, organisation, you would have to say. Mm-hmm. The only thing is, there's a bit too much in my mind that we were talking about getting the return for fans. I think there's too much money. That sounds mental, right? But there's too much money going to players. Bingo. There's too much money. There's too much of a bonus pool. There's too much of a, an obsession with, well, we need more money. And so many players have been guilty of that. It really isn't about how much money you can win. It's about the it's about the game. It's about mm. the sport environment of it. You know, I genuinely think if you were to give you know, 50 million or six seventy million pound uh, purses to one mega event at the end of the year, and the winner gets like 15 million as a prize. The Masters and all the majors still mean, mean more. Still totally means more. Agree. So it's not really about money. And I think my worry is that the private equity is a good thing. I just hope the players see the sense and that it shouldn't really be about, well, how can we make more money? Yep. Because if you if you keep making more money, the end result is there's not enough in the pot. Because there isn't enough sponsors to keep it going and you can't rely on investors. So well, it's you, a bubble. And what do all bubbles eventually yeah, do? They burst, Mike. Correct. So <laughs> they can't do that. Mm-hmm. I just think there needs to be a bit of common sense. But the PGA Tour is a well-run organisation. I always defend it to a point where people slag it off and you know they get all this wrong, get all that wrong. They get a hell of a lot, a lot right. It's the PGA Tour. It's been going for a long time. There's a lot of great things to talk about the PGA Tour. Yes, there's things we'll need to fix. And I'm hoping that this investment allows them to do that. So the end result 
we have a better product. Totally agree. I think on the point of money, so I've got a couple of points to make. One, on money, it's the fact that 50 million versus 60 million in a prize fund doesn't mean anything to most guys now. It just doesn't. It's not changing their lives. It's just a number. It's not. It's, it's gone beyond the point of being money and something that's valuable to them. It is just a number. Right but on the pile. The, exactly. But the difference is fans who are either struggling to make ends meet or making ends meet just fine look at it and go, that's just obnoxious. To echo Phil Mickelson, obnoxious greed. And it's just, it's it's hard to root for anybody when you know that the money they're making is just, it's it's not changing their lives. So you can't relate in any level to them. Just like, nah, sod this, not up for it. So it will have an, an impact eventually in that in that particular space. And I'm not sure that any players are even really that aware or care about it just now. The other point I'd make, and this has flown completely under the radar, is that this investment is going to see the PGA Tour transformed into a now for-profit entity called PGA Tour Enterprises. Why is that significant? Because previously, up until now, the PGA Tour has operated as a registered charity in the States. And what do registered charities not do, Bryce? Pay tax. Correct. So there's going to be a pretty heavy tax burden on the PGA Tour going forward as well. You make a lot of money, you pay a lot of it back to the, the federal government. So federal that government. impacts sounds the bottom so line much, as well. Sounds, sounds so much better than what we've got. <laughs> pay it back to the Treasury. <laughs> you got to pay that back, son. <laughs> the, the Treasury demands that you pay your money. Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs will knock at your door. Better, but what's better? The federal government. <laughs> so yeah, but the whole point being, if you are given lots of money back in tax, then there is less of that money to go around. That may drive prices back down to more sensible level. Who knows? As ever, Bryce, what are we doing right now? We are speculating <laughs> and on that note we'll throw it to the break because there is more to come do not go anywhere putting is not a popularity contest but if it were there'd be no contest the number one putter on the PGA Tour LPGA Tour DP World Tour and the number one putter at 50 consecutive majors is Odyssey, the number one putter on tour. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, part two of this week's Bunker podcast in association with Callaway. Michael, Bryce and Alex here. The new issue of Bunker is out now. I'm not going to hit you with a hard sell because Bryce did a magnificent job of that last week. But suffice to say, phenomenal issue. John Ram on the cover. Great content from front to back. He didn't get a chance to blow his own trumpet last week because he's not that kind of guy, but Bryce has done a tremendous job in the redesign of the mag. Fresher, funkier, more modern pages. Definitely cooler than the word funky that I just described them as. Basically, the mag looks great. The content's great. Go and buy it. Available from all good news agents and some terrible ones. Alternatively, take out a subscription at bunker.co.uk forward slash sub offer. That's the hard sell. TPC Scottsdale. It's that week of the year, gentlemen. I was going to say boys and girls, but who's, who's the girl on the call? I just blew that one, didn't I? So, yes, TPC Scottsdale this week, the Waste Management <laughs> Phoenix Open. Wasted Management Phoenix Open, as it sometimes goes uh, by, because they, they like a drink, don't they? Sitting in the stands, swilling their light beer. Bud Light. Bud Light. 
Well, they don't drink that anymore. It's Michelob Ultra. Michelob Ultra. Which is not exactly like water, but not far off. Yeah. I don't see how anyone gets drunk, or as they would say, buzzed off a Michelob yeah. Ultra. Anyway. So, yes, Scottsdale this week. Phoenix Open. We don't tend to do previews of events, but then again, Phoenix Open isn't like every other event, is it, Alex? No. I love it. I absolutely love that that footage when you go on social media and everyone's it's like uh, it's like the horses, isn't it? Out of the gate, they all just stand in there and then they they open. It's like it's really early in the morning, isn't it? It's like yeah. seven o'clock, six o'clock in the morning. It's still dark, basically, and they open the gate and everyone floods in. And there's a, then suddenly these videos come out and people are tripping over and smashing their face into the ground. It's it's absolutely marvelous. I'm I'm trying to think of something I could compare it to Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah, except with lots that, more cars. That would make it more interesting, wouldn't it? If they just handed out weapons at the gate and people were allowed to like smash each other in the face to get to the to get to the seats on the 16th. It's it's like demolition um, derby, you know, total chaos. It's a younger crowd for a start, and it just it's not like any other PGA Tour event. Bryce, you've been to not the event, but you've been and played TPC yeah, Scotland, yeah. haven't you? Sorry, I've just been pissed off looking at the leaderboard and it says Brian Harmon. World ranking 10 winner, British Open. Oh, no. Oh, Brian, it's not even your fault, but that pisses me off. What, what website? Your name next to it. PGA Tour. They should website. know better. I mean, that's I'm, I'm going to write them a very, very stern letter. Strongly worded letter. Strongly worded letter. Do you know why? Because that's the British way. That's the British we'll way. <laughs> get in touch with points of view. They'll pick it up on your behalf. Uh, I'm not happy with that. Rogue yeah, traders. I have, um, I have played TPC Scottsdale, and it was one of the best laughs I've ever had in a golf course. Uh, it's great fun. Do they offer drink on the tea as well? No. <laughs> we had lunch with, I think, and we had lunch with, like, the uh, head of the event. She was in charge of the, even the resort. She was, like, resort manager or something. She was lovely. And we played, I think I've told this story, we played, we played with a four caddy. Poor wee bastard had to run about all over the place. He was about 17 years old. We were just smacking balls everywhere. and he had to run up and <laughs> go and get them. What a laugh. So there's four of you and one of him. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a terrible, I mean, that's just the most brutal job. It's roasting mm. hot. You got to run up the fairway, check out where the hell our balls land, and tell us all what we've got to do. Find our balls, and then tell us what we've got to do from the middle of the fairway, or the shit storms of somebody's back garden, or whatever. <laughs> it's an absolute disaster. This poor wee bugger was running about. Oh yeah, I tipped him. Yeah, poor wee bugger's running about mad. I mean, what? I can't think. If anyone's listening who has a four caddy, why do you do it? Mm. Like, let me know why. That's an awful job. I get being a caddy, but being caddy, a, yeah, but caddy four, four people, horrific. Yeah. Uh, anyway, total laugh. It's a great golf course, some really cool holes. Uh, yes, it's your John Huggin will hate it. It's a tra traditional sort of resort style desert. Here's some grass. Here's some sand. Here's a waste area. Here's massive bunkers, cool greens, mega cool par threes, big sweeping dog legs, high uh, plateau greens. It's great fun. And then the, the closing three holes are are brilliant. Um, I had a total laugh. Loved every bit of it. It's those three holes, 16 in particular, I would say, that gets the absolute lion's share of attention. I, I struggle to even think what the front nine looks like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the first is great. And, you know, there's a few, a couple of par threes. That the, the first par threes, great fun. It's it's where Tiger's boulder that's thing right. happened. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I think there's that seven mm. or eight. I can't remember. Um, but honestly, there's some really, really good holes. It's great fun. When we were there... We were on a ping launch years ago, um, 
and there was a I can't remember who it was, but it's obviously it was a it's a TPC course, so you know the, the tour players get the opportunity to practice there. I think for free, and there was a there was a couple of PGA Tour guys hanging. Out. I can't remember who they were who were practicing, and it's great fun. I mean, we, when we played it, they didn't have the stadium. I believe the stadiums there all the time. Is that right? Around sixteen. Yeah. The, the gist of it's there all the time, I believe. Okay. I, I, I could be wrong sure, on that. that, yeah, that it makes sense. Is that case, Alex? I don't know. I was going to ask you the same question. Was it up when you played it? Mm. No. So, no, yeah. it wasn't. It absolutely wasn't as big a deal then. I mean, it still had a lot of people, but it mm. wasn't as big a deal back then. When was then. this? 2010. Right, okay. Maybe 2010. So, maybe. 16, did it have anything around it? Or was it just a bare hole? Uh, no, it was bare. Okay. Um, was it still it impressive? It ha- no, it had some. They, no, that's not correct. They were building stands. Right. No, it wasn't like what it is now. Absolutely nowhere near it. Absolutely nowhere near it. I mean, they've got they've gone full on mm. mega stadium hole. It's really cool what they do now. But yeah. back then, it was it was just like you know this is quite cool. You know, you're walking onto that tee, and uh, uh, we played like second or third tee down, and I flubbed an eight iron shot at the green, which is really great. So I made a complete arse of it. Um, but I think it's there's a, the the hole where you hit into another sort of like there's water in front of the green and then eighteen there's all the water at eighteen I just fired up onto the bank and the right had massive driving and onto the green two putt par brilliant. So back to sixteen. <laughs> Thanks for telling us about your two putt par at the last. Well Thanks. done, by the way. Thank you. Very good. But sixteen is it a good hole? Like forget forget all the the stuff around about nah, it. It's a, a good it's golf a, hole. It's a, it's a bog standard short resort. Par three, I mean it is. It's good fun. There's so is no it forgettable it. if you don't know what it is? No, no. You do. It's a cool hole. There's no doubt about it. I mean that's the thing. The whole course, I always get slightly pissed off when people slag off Scottsdale or these types of courses because it's a different type of golf. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Scottsdale itself is an amazing area. If you're in the states and you're anywhere near Scottsdale, just go. Downtown is seriously cool. It's got like a quite a rich upper class element right and there's some of the streets are pretty cool some great bars lots of uh, it's a really cool shock uh, shopping district and then there's like the old school downtown scottsdale which is quite smart the hotels are amazing there's a big line uh, street all the way through which you can stop off there's loads of things to see and do in scottsdale Phoenix is massive. I'd never been into Phoenix, but mm-hmm. it's like five million people live so in Phoenix. Where's that in relation to Scottsdale? How Probably far? half an hour, 40 minutes. <laughs> is that, like that all? I think so, really? yeah. I, could, I okay. might be wrong on that, but I, I, I was there a few years ago, uh, not playing golf. But Well, no, I was playing golf, but then, oh no, I didn't. Um, we were I, we drove past it, and I think Phoenix is about 45 minutes or something like that from Scottsdale. Yeah, Scott, Scottsdale was the outskirts of yeah. Phoenix, basically. Yeah, and it's it, like it the edge, edge of town. It's really cool. And if you go out of Scottsdale, and I believe you're going north, so you go past TPC Scottsdale, and you can go up, that's when you go into like some really cool areas, and there's private golf courses out there. If you go, if you know where you're going, you can go past, like, is it Whisper Rock? Where oh, yeah. Mickelson's yeah. a member, mm-hmm. where there, I think there's something like, 25 or 30 PGA Tour members. A lot of caddies are members there. There's not a lot of members. The membership's pretty small. I think there's, I've been led to believe there's only like 350 members or something. Jeez. But that golf course is, look up, if you're on your computer now on your phone, you're listening, Google Whisper Rock and then just click images. 
mind blowing. Yeah, and you can Great drive names around there as yeah, well. Yeah, amazing. You can drive past some really cool like entrances to golf courses. Some of them will let you in, some of them won't. And there's some really cool towns on the periphery of Scottsdale. It is a really cool place, and I I, I can understand why it gets like this week. It'll get something like half a million mm-hmm. yep. come through in the Saturday or something. It's it's over the course of the weekend, whatever it is. It's it's wild, but it can cater for that. Will Live being in Vegas have any impact on it whatsoever in terms of the the size of the crowd that it gets, do you think? I, I wouldn't think so. Mind you, Vegas from Bear Scottsdale... Bear that's where the Super Bowl is. Yeah. And TPC, sorry, rather the Phoenix Open, has tried to link itself pretty tightly to the Super Bowl. Come and watch the golf, the one, then watch the Super Bowl. No, no hate towards Liv. The one thing Liv has not got anywhere near close to is... Uh, footfall when mm-hmm. it comes to PG Tour event. PG yeah. Tour always gets the numbers. And this week we'll get the numbers. There'll be people planning this weekend for a long time to mm-hmm. go and uh, they they cater to the fans so, so well. So it'll be interesting to see what numbers Liv get. I'm sure they'll do quite well because there's a party crowd in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that Liv's got over it, you don't need to go for the whole day. Well, that's it. Yeah, you're there for mm-hmm. four hours. Yeah. Alex, I mean, for me... Phoenix Open is trying to decide if it's just because it's on this week and it's relevant. But no, I do think it is for me the number one on the bucket list of PGA Tour events I want to go to. I'd love to go to the players. I would love to go to Bay Hill. But just for the experience, I think Phoenix probably tops it for me. Where is it for you? Yeah, I think you took the the words right out of my mouth. It's it's one of those tournaments where I think if you're just a, even if you're a casual golf fan on this side of the Atlantic, I think you're just sort of, we should go over and we should do a PGA Tour event. And and Scottsdale is absolutely right up there, isn't it? Like, mm. why why wouldn't it be? Like, that experience of, of <laughs> I mean, you'd have, first of all, you you have to absolutely get in the, in the fight and uh, try and get a seat <laughs> on 16. And if you do, you just sit there all day and you drink beer and you watch, you know, the Harry Higgs of the world come through and Joel Damon's entertaining you, getting the nipples out it's just it's 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 for me it's number one of i mean i've maybe i'm slightly skewed because i've been to sawgrass but i think before i'm, I'm trying to think back before that I, I think scottsdale was always number one for me for tournaments that i want to go to it's absolutely on my bucket list it's there there clearly is a desire for this like there clearly is yeah. It, it, it's it, it. I mean, how many people did you just say go through each year for that, for that million, one? Hop, what is it like? Twenty? Is it twenty thousand in that stand? In that remember. stand alone, yeah. yeah the it's, I think they said it's between five hundred and six hundred thousand across the week that attend it. That's a ludicrous amount of money. That's I mean, of, of people. Sorry, that's that's. We're talking like football or NFL levels of people coming through to watch essentially one hole of golf. Mm-hmm. Seven hundred crazy people. Seven hundred was where they get. That, I think it says they get. 700,000 every year. So I mean, that, that's extraordinary. It, it, to give people some idea, the Open's record, all-time record attendance at the Open is 290 mm-hmm. at 150th. They're getting two and a half times that yeah, every tw- single year. There's 20,000 at, at, the, at the stadium hall. <sighs> there are some events on... I wouldn't say where, that don't get 20,000 across the week total attendance. I I, I do think that's cool. There is an element of something about you get to watch all the groups come through. You are made to feel very comfortable, I'm led to believe. Like there are seats and stuff and there is a bit of a, they're trying to calm Mm -hmm. them down a wee bit, but there's endless supply of lager 
you are going to have you are going to spend a Saturday afternoon or something just hanging out in there. You can have a pretty good time. Yeah. And I think that is what American sports nails because they're I think what I'm saying. How do I say this in a nice way? Well, it's like the tailgating culture, isn't it? Like they, yes. they when they go to a sports event, they go and hang out for hours and hours they're beforehand. Not, yeah. It's not really about the sport. And it's not really about what's actually happening. It's about the experience yeah. of being it's there. the event. Exactly. Like we we yeah. went to Fenway on holiday. Uh, the baseball mm-hmm. stadium was at, uh, in Boston. And uh, just like that. I wasn't bad, actually. Okay, yeah. I wasn't bad. And uh, you get to the top and you can hang out and overlook the whole stadium. And there's like trestle tables. And I thought, oh, that would be amazing to stand there all day. Just mm-hmm. tanning Bud Light. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Amazing, and that's what they cater to, and, and Phoenix does that. Provide and a I, better lager, and I might be interested. <laughs> I don't. I'm not against Bud Light. No, I know you've said that before. You do seem quite keen on it, but you know you're also getting older, and as you get older, your tolerance goes down. So for you, a Bud Light is now more like a normal Budweiser for a normal human being like me. As we were saying, it's a rowdy crowd. It's a big occasion, but it's once a year. Is there a blueprint here that the PGA Tour should be looking at and saying, actually, if we do a bit more of this, we might get more in return? Or is it because it it's once a year that we that it's a success when we like it as much as we do? It's because it's once a year, but there will probably be elements of this on a smaller scale at certain PGA Tour events that we don't know about. So I, I'm sure they try and do make more of it. There, there is a definite... If it was working, we'd hear about it, though, sure. And the fan experience, uh, maybe not. Like Himmerland, for example, the Made in Denmark, there's a hole that yeah. had all those people around it on the bank and we heard about it because it looked cool. So I just think if something looks cool enough, you are going to find out That's about like it. That's like the old eventually. Scottish Open at Loch Lomond, for those parochial mm. listeners that are tuning in. The old Scottish Open at Loch Lomond, that was just a piss-up. <laughs> you know, round by the 5th and 6th, that was just the lager hangout and then you went out and watched a couple of groups coming through. No one was really watching much golf. Mm. And the amount of times you bumped into people who were just minging drunk there all day. That's catering to a good lager life. Well, it's knowing your audience. That's it. Where are we close to? Glasgow. What will they want? Drink. (laughs) Right, so changing tax somewhat, but this is a subject that's close to my heart. I know we've discussed it before, but I'm going to keep on banging the drum because it's important. And I think that we can't get complacent about it. It's important to raise... Raise the flag, hoist the petard whenever something happens that displeases us. I'm talking, of course, about municipal golf courses and their status, the threat of closure that seems to hang over them continually like the Sword of Damocles. Do you know what the Sword of Damocles is, Mr. Ritchie? No, I don't. So it might have been Greek or Roman, but basically the Sword of Damocles was held above somebody's head, sword pointing downwards, and it was held up by a single hair. And the idea was it was meant to display threat that eventually the, the hair will break and the sword will go through the person's skull. So there you go. A little bit of history. Thanks for, for that, Michael. Keep it light. <laughs> Bud light. So the yeah, the, the the constant threat of closure seems to hang over these municipals and up like, here in Scotland. Like decapitation. Well, yes, like a guillotine. There you go. I should right. have just gone with that. But Hollenbush, which is in Lanarkshire, that has apparently been earmarked for closure. We now understand that Caird Park in Dundee is another. There's an 18-hole course and a 9-hole course there. They're both facing closure. And this is something that's been a regular feature, certainly in Scotland, over the last 10 years. These council-run golf courses, which for the most part tend to be exceptionally cheap, very accessible, and an important part of the pathway for getting people actually playing golf, 
are the most at threat of closure. So yeah, I make no apologies. It's not an original topic, but because it's back in the, the, the mainstream and the public eye again, because of these announcements in the past week, what can we be doing here to make municipal courses less vulnerable, Bryce? I mean, is there pressure that can be applied or do we just have to suck it up and accept that councils are tight for cash and that unfortunately golf courses are expensive to maintain? I think that's probably summed it up rather depressingly well. Councils are tight for cash. It is councils that make these decisions. Um, I'm not sure there's much that, you know, England golf or Scottish golf can do to put pressure on them to keep them open because if the numbers are not there with these muni, muni courses being used, it makes a very easy decision for a council to cull something and whatever they do with it, sell it for flats or whatever, I don't know. But it's depressing because they are... I mean, they are meant to be the lifeblood of a community that can't afford to pay £1,500 a mm-hmm. year for a golf course or £700 a year for Not a golf course. Not everyone can afford Not it, so why should they that. be cut out from yeah, the game yeah, because that, of that? That's, that's what... They are the lifeblood of the entry level into our sport. So I think it's dangerous that we... I've, I mean, it doesn't happen all the time, but it's now happening reasonably le- regularly mm-hmm. on a sort of slightly inconsistent basis in the last 10 years, certainly north of the border. Yeah. Are these courses just like low-hanging fruit? Is it easy to get rid of them because they take up a huge amount of land and so on? Because to your point about not being used, I did an FOI for Glasgow City Council a couple of years ago when they were shutting their courses and discovered that, yes, the number of rounds was going down with a couple of exceptions of the six they had, but on the whole, the number of rounds played was going down. But it was going down perfectly in line with the investment in maintaining them going down. So if you don't spend the money to maintain the golf course, you can't say, well, people aren't using them anymore. I mean, people aren't daft. They're not going to pay for something that is substandard and getting worse. Yeah. And and it does, it, it basically comes down to councils deciding whether they want to invest in that part of the community because that's what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, remember, I've said this before, Shona Robinson, she was in charge of that investment in Scotland when the Ryder Cup came. We were told about all the legacy money that was coming in in the space of 10 years or so, Scotland had a Ryder Cup, a Sawheim Cup, and a Commonwealth Games, and some of our municipal courses were culled mm-hmm. because Sean Robinson said that she was going to invest that money, and she lied. She didn't. And then she pissed off to another job and left the mess behind for She's somebody else to clear up. Deputy First Minister. Yeah. She is a total con artist, in my mind. She lied to everyone because that was that it sounds terrible that was our money that was money that came from golf corporate money that came into golf was meant to be invested in scotland and we pissed it up the wall and it's not right and i and i don't know what the situation is in england when it comes to council courses because i know it's slightly that they don't really refer to them as municipal courses alex is that right no we don't yeah we don't really have it as much i know i know there's one near me which is run by the south yorkshire leisure community or something yeah. i can't remember his exact name but it's i mean it's a very pleasant it's an 18 holer in you know in some woodlands sort of between leeds and sheffield i think and it's it's very pleasant like i've been along a few times because it's a i think as a resident in the area i get to play it for like 850 or something so i'm not really a range goat so i quite i, I much prefer to just go and pay a tenner to play uh, a little golf course like that and and have a knock around on some on some grass, but no, it's it's not really a ma- 
massive deal down here. I mean, there's certainly none that I can think of in Devon or Cornwall, obviously where I grew up. And I, I don't, I can't, I certainly can't think of any, but what I love about these places is that you, you sort of rock up, you pay your tenner or whatever, and then you meet people from all walks of life that you perhaps wouldn't necessarily meet at a members club. People who don't take the game or themselves quite as seriously as 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 golf club members and, and what i mean by that is not they don't abide by the rules or etiquette or anything like that they still do that of course but all the all the things we get our knickers in a twist about but these are people who are just enjoying playing the game they enjoy being out on the golf course they just want that same thrill of getting the ball in the hole that all of us have but without the politics that go with it and and Some the cost. Of my favorite round. And the cost. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They know that on a Friday when if I go over on a Friday afternoon, usually when I just go and knock some balls, there's a little nine holer near me, and I, it's honestly, it's like a fiver. It's a very well maintained little nine hole golf course, and I go over there, and it's the people queuing up on the first tee are basically like plumbers still in their gear like their golf clubs are just in the back of their van they've just gone do you know what i'm gonna go and play nine holes for an hour before Good i go them. home yeah. i love and that they just, it's brilliant you, and i the, the have a chat with them and sometimes i join in and play with them and it's just it's fantastic and that for me is what it's about and yeah and, and what michael's saying there is a, it's a tremendous shame because these are the people who perhaps don't have the confidence or the mm -hmm. money or or the time to go and be a member of a golf club and this is giving them an opportunity to to play a sport they clearly love, but a sport that is and increasingly I restricted. I, I think that's dangerous, and that's like the RNA, you know, did the, the right thing with golf. It mm -hmm. is that, and mm -hmm. they've got yeah. a blueprint to try and take that across the UK. Whether they're able to actually do that in the next few years is is uh, up for debate. But that's the right thing they want to do. That that was Martin Slumber's sort of baby, and he's he's done well in uh, rolling that out. And I hope that now that he's essentially going someone else at the RNA takes that baton and says, I'm going to carry this on because you have to have that. You cannot have a world of golf in the UK that sort of every course is £50 or more mm -hmm. or is, you need to be a member, you need to play on a Tuesday. The game needs to be accessible. That's yep. what it's all about. It's what it should be about. Some of it, I'm, I've always said this, I'm absolutely fine with some golf courses charging £300. I have nothing against that. They are trophy courses. You don't play them every week, mm -hmm. so acceptable. But there needs to be so there needs to be both parts of the market there. There needs to be courses you rock up and pay six pounds and, and on you go, because yep. that is the entry level to the game. No one's starting golf and going walking into Turnberry and playing the Ilsa course. <laughs> Sorry, so they're going somewhere else. So the less of those places. The worse the game will be. The worse the game will be. Absolutely and that, it's right. not the RNA's, it really isn't the RNA's job to fix. It's That's a council job. It's kind of up to them to lobby the council they as can, well, though, isn't they, it? It is to a certain extent when they are essentially in charge of the sport. Yeah. So it's up to them to put pressure. But I, I believe they would. Yeah, I think so too. It's funny, Alex, you, you see, Munis isn't as much of a, a big deal in England. I, I'm, I'm not disputing it for a second. But I, I just took a, a county at random there, Lincolnshire, and I typed in Lincolnshire council golf and i've stumbled upon norman normanby hall golf course which looks yeah, very absolutely nice. stunning and if i mm -hmm. go to their website now which is fantastic this municipal course i can book a tea time i can book a tea time today from eight pounds that's i'm sorry there's, there's no other way to put it that is 
that's critical to the future of the game, that these places continue to exist, continue to thrive. And I'm not saying necessarily that councils are being dismissive and just writing them off. Well, that's a huge investment. Caird Park in Dundee, I gather, is costing something like £335,000 a year to keep those two courses open. But make the investment and it'll sh- if you build it, they will come presumably. Mm-hmm. So, yep. listen, it's, it's, it's not an original conversation, but I suspect it won't be the last time we discuss it. Something I'm very passionate about. I, I just, the reason being, I, that's when I started. Knightswood Golf Course in Glasgow was the thing for me. I still play Belisle and Seafield. I love going to the, the three courses at Troon that are operated by South Ayrshire Council. These places are important. Not saying that they're ever going to host the Open, but that's not their purpose. They don't need to. They're there for a different purpose and arguably an even more important one. So keep the pressure on, ladies and gents. We will win the fight. It's Podder of Merit time. How exciting. Last week, the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, I feel like, because this was washed out, we should just accept, you know what? It's not a fair reflection of what the tournament could have been and therefore points aren't going to be awarded this week. So. Oh, is that, is that right, I? Bryce, you picked Jordan Spieth, who finished asterisk in a tie for 39th. <laughs> Alex, you picked Max Homer. I like the logic. Max likes California, as we know, but he didn't last week. Finished in a tie for 66. Asterisk. Might have done better had he had an extra round, had mm-hmm. he had the full complement of the tournament to play. I picked Brian Harmon, the apparently the British Open champion. Sort that out, PGA Tour. He finished in a tie for 54th. Listen, a pretty ignominious week for us, all three of us, to be fair, last week at at Pebble Beach. But Bryce, you get the two points. Your man finished highest. I'll pick up a point for Brian Harmon outscoring Max Homa and Alex, you'll get nothing. So this is important because as it stands, Bryce, 13 points, Alex, six points, and yours truly on Sorry, Alex, eight points, and yours truly on six. Why is that important? It's the first to 15 that wins. And Bryce, if the man that you pick this week for the Waste Management Phoenix Open finishes highest on the leaderboard, win or no, you will win, Podder of Merit. How does that make you feel? It makes me feel somewhat warm inside, Michael. You're not getting complacent. The job's not done yet. I never one game at a time. I am never complacent. You know, we, we've put in a good fight today. It's all about next week preparing for the game, and I am preparing for it. So you'll be picking Bernabe, presumably. <laughs> never again. I'll tell you what, if he's on the team sheet tomorrow night, I am head through the telly. Yes, and Brendan, you trust though. I genuinely think we could play ten men and would be still the same team without Bernabe in the in the in the. You're not coping very well with the Burnaby stuff, are you? No, I'm not coping well at all with this season, Michael. I'm going to have an internal breakdown. On the outside, I will be very positive. Aye, it looks it. But on the inside, I'm in tears. (laughs) So let's bring it back to the Phoenix Open, shall we? So, Phoenix Open, looking to become the first golfer since Steve Stricker to win the same PGA Tour event three years in a row. Wow. John Which one was it? John Deere, I'm going to say that. It's the only tournament he ever won. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Who's won the John Deere? Steve Stricker. <laughs> I think everyone, I had no idea who won that all the time. There were four players who attempted to three-peat last season. Victor Hovland, Sam Burns, Rory McIlroy and KH Lee. But they all fell short. Scheffler can join Steve Stricker in the three-peat club with a win this week. So, should add actually, Hideki Matsuyama had his own shot at three-peating 
in 2018 at the Phoenix Open, but couldn't compete because he was forced to withdraw through injury. So, yeah, a pretty good field again this week. Bryce, the honour is yours. The title is at stake. The disco lights are ready. <laughs> disco lights. <laughs> Who oh. are you picking? I am going to go with dun, 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 dun. Wyndham Clark. Back to back? Back to back. Really? Well, I don't care if he if he wins, actually. He might win. But yeah. He's he's in form and I need a form player. I was thinking Max Homer, but if I'd all the money in the world, I don't think I'd be putting it on Max Homer. Why? Just, I'm not, I don't know. You're not, not totally sold on I'm Max not yet, so, are you? I like him. I think he's a great guy. He's a good player. I just look at him, I think, is he top 10 in the world because Ooh. there's about 10 or 12 players joined live? You think he's benefiting from the exodus? Yeah. I'm not, I, I can't force myself to pick Brian Harmon. I still see British Open sitting there. And it, just, <laughs> it angers me. It vexes me. <laughs> I'm terribly vexed. I'm terribly vexed. There's a sequel to Gladiator coming, by the way. Gladiator 2 will be out, I think, at the end of this year at Christmas Day. With Russell Crowe, some no. sort of fat guy in, coming back <laughs> into the ring. <laughs> Just sitting there in the corner of a pub. I remember when I took on Comedus. Was he, <laughs> he, was did, he, he, actually, was he from Croydon? I forget. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Did he not so, die? That's the spoiler alert. Give people a chance to turn off. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you've taken all that time to watch Gladiator, you missed a lot. It's a good point. Yeah, it's, it's a good point. A good film. But yeah, anyway, so you're terribly vexed by the British Open stuff, which is kind of irrelevant because you're going with... Wyndham Clark, the Wyndham US Clark. Open champion. You know how to call him? The US Open champion because that's its correct title. It's the United States Open Championship. <sighs> okay. I am next to pick five of the world's top 10 playing. I'm just looking to see who I have already chosen. Bryce, you've gone with Wyndham Clark, who's the second highest ranked player playing. It would make most sense for me to go with Scotty Scheffler, but I can't because I picked him for the Tour Championship, which was within this current season of Podder, and he didn't win it. Therefore, I cannot choose him. The next on this the list. Feels, this feels like something you could have done before we started recording. I know. Could I, you I just did, pick? I a did. Player? I'm drawing out the drama. <laughs> There's people listening. People don't just want to hear. I'm picking him, right? What about no, you? But um, they, they are. They, they no, really they don't. Do. They it's really do. They don't. They love I the drama. created the drama. Just, just because you two are impatient, just fall in line. No, I'll it's lunchtime. <laughs> I'm choosing. Just double check. I'm. I'm choosing. Sam Burns, world number twenty. Great, Alex. That's my man. Two weeks in a row, I've had my pick stolen, so therefore I'm going for Jason Day. Who was your pick? This week? You're picking Jason Day. You know, there's hills in this. Jason uh, Day finished. Like some finished of the greens fifth. are like, like. Jason Day finished fifth last year. Oh, thank you. In this tournament, and he finished tied sixth last week. Playing thank very you, well. Slagging for what he's wearing from the crowd. <laughs> oh, it's going to be brilliant, isn't it? I hope they do. I hope Malbon do something brilliant for him. That's a good point. Yeah, good. Thanks. So next, Bryce, box. Come on, move on. Excuse me, <laughs> hungry. You'll get your, you'll get your, you'll get your chance to host. When I think you get your chance to host. This is by people like me hosting. We just get to the point. <laughs> when you go then, right? Honesty box. There's one million on the line. <laughs> <laughs> there is one million dollars on the line. <laughs> oh, it's dollars, is it? Oh, Correct. Okay. To get it, you either have to make have to make a downhill putt from seven feet or hit a fairway. Driving it, it says 200, that's no use. 220 yards minimum. What's it going to be? What would you choose for your million dollars? Uh, Alex, I'm coming to you first because, you know, Bryce always gets to go first. The drive. I think 
I think everyone who can hit it, who, who knows they can hit it 220 comfortably will go with the drive because it's quite simply a bigger target. I think if you're if you're going for the putt, then you're probably someone who can't hit it that far or you're just absolutely mental. Like it, it's you, it's a million quid or dollars. Sorry, it's a million dollars. You either hit this massive target with your driver or you hit a tiny target, a downhill putt as well. No. Drive for me, please. Bryce? The percentage of putts made on tour from about seven feet is not great. Chances of you holding that, like the best on tour is like 39%, something like that. Is it? Not great. So uh, there's not a golfer in hell that's picking a downhill putt. I'll take a hitting a fairway all day long. I would, mm -hmm. I could throw it 220 yards. So yeah, I think I'm taking a hitting a fairway all day long. Although I would say this, I would be absolutely shitting myself. Well, that's a million the thing. Quid. Of course, of course. That's the thing. I It's a million dollars on the line. It's not a case of which do you think you could do. It's which could you do under that amount of pressure. Under the gun. Exactly. Surely the the likelihood of a big miss under pressure is greater with a driver than it is with a putter. No, the putts is the harder harder shot to me. It's chances of you holding that are not great, and it's downhill. Is it left to right or right to left? Straight, just straight, straight downhill, straight downhill. Still not like. So if you it. get it online and it hits the back of the cup, it's going in. Still not liking it. Got to get the pace right. So we asked this question on social media. On the Bunkered Podcast Twitter account at the Bunkered Pod, go and give it a follow. Twenty nine point four percent of you would rather have the putt. So yeah, seventy percent, thirty percent in favour of the fairway. Are you surprised, Bryce, that it's as much as thirty percent when you no. said there's not a golfer in hell who would want the putt? No, because the twenty nine percent are probably quite uneducated. Okay, excellent. But thanks for the follow. <laughs> 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 if you're in that twenty nine percent, I'm not sorry. Educate yourself. <laughs> Ask the <laughs> buy the magazine and learn good point Thank go you. to the website look at the lesson section there's tons of stuff there click it it's out. all good ask the question on the bunkered facebook page as well facebook and mark zuckerberg's infinite wisdom so these are the boomer, these are the boomers well let's see so as an example of some of the responses we had scott ronald i'd take the drive then offer the loser double or quits on the putt Whoa. that's nice clever i like that nice scott's got a brain on him i like that Steve Kenyon's, I'd rather bet a million that Phil couldn't keep his mouth shut whilst I tried either one because we accompanied a Phil Mickelson picture. Oh, right. That wasn't the question. That wasn't Steve. the question. Answer, answer the question, Steve. Come on. Answer the question. James Walsh, I don't think James has much faith in himself. I'm still eating rice and beans, whichever one I go for. Rice and beans? In other words, I'll still be poor because I'll miss both. What's he eating beans for with rice? I don't know. Random. What kind of, you know what, James? What kind of beans? Is it like baked beans or is it red kidney beans? Kidney be right. Baked beans with rice is not like, what is wrong with you? Craig Raymond putting with an exclamation mark. I don't have confidence with the driver. I'm always in the semi-rough. David Crawford, no brainer. Seven foot or 220 yards, come on. But he doesn't say. And David McLaren replied to him saying, so which is it <laughs> 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 and last one uh, let me see I've got all day Herman Block just says why don't you just go to the casino and lose all of it thanks Herman that's I not, again, have, not answering I the question Herman where's Herman from don't know Block B-L-O-K don't know Herman what a name how many Hermans do you know no, probably not a lot there was a Herman that won the Masters 
Herman. Come on. Is that not? Is that Butchie's dad, Herman no. Harmon? <laughs> Herman Harmon. <laughs> <laughs> so that was Claude Harmon, I think. Senior. <laughs> Herman Kaiser, I think. Kaiser. It was, wasn't it? Herman Kaiser mm-hmm. was the master. It's not yeah. a great name, Herman, is it? And then there's Brian Herman, the British Open champion. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> anyway, look, let's knock it on the head there because you guys clearly are moaning at me because you want your food. So go and get your lunch. Thank you very much for your time, Bryce. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. And thank you to Callaway for their continued support. Thank you to you for listening. Remember, please do, if you enjoyed this, go and give it a review, give it a five-star rating. And yeah, be nice because we do read these things and we're sensitive little people. So yeah, don't be nasty. Until next week, bye-bye for now.